Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. This episode of Intuitive Bites podcast is brought to you by my online intuitive eating courses. Take your food and body healing journey to the next level with these self-paced online courses. If you're brand new to this topic, check out my Introduction to Intuitive Eating course. If you're looking for something more comprehensive that talks about body image healing, health at every size, and intuitive eating, check about my Food Freedom 101 course. And if you're a professional in this space looking to learn more about how to do this work with your clients, but also how to do this work for yourself, check out my anti-diet approach course for professionals. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Intuitive Bites. Hey guys, welcome to episode 67 of Intuitive Bites. For the show today, I'm chatting with Amanda Lambrex, who you may know from Instagram as New Grad Nutrition, or her old handle, Spilling the Beans Nutrition. And we are talking about basically the population that Amanda works with. So how to apply intuitive eating concepts with new grads. Um, So we talk about intuitive eating on a budget and how that works, right? It seems like it contradicts itself to have full permission, but also have these like restrictions you have to work within. But that's a very real, um, you know, concern for many people, even outside of new grads. Uh, We also talk about just like mindset of intuitive eating and why and how that's so powerful. Um, And we dive into you know, basically the concept that your body is meant to change throughout your lifespan. It's not meant to look the same or be the same size as it was when you were in high school. Um, So kind of leaning into that and and embracing um, the fact that that's normal. So this is an awesome episode. I'm excited to share it with you. Um, Before I go ahead and dive into that conversation with Amanda, um, just wanted to let you guys know about a couple things I have coming up. So on starting October 16th, so it's a Friday, um, that's coming up very quickly here. Um, I have my monthly intuitive eating and body image Q&A webinar. So it's $10 to register. You come join the webinar, listen to other people's questions, and um, you know I'll, I'll answer them. And then you can also bring any questions that you have, and I'll, I'll answer them as well. Um, So if you're interested in signing up for that, just click the link in my bio on Instagram, the intuitive underscore RD, and you can register there. And then the other thing that's starting on October 16th, that same day, is my three-week mini group coaching program. So it is from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. I should have specified before. Um, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. It's three Fridays. Uh, at that same time, and we're going to be talking about all of the main concepts I work on with my individual coaching clients. So hunger and fullness attunement, um, why that's so important for developing a more like peaceful and stable 
relationship to food and like pattern of eating. Uh, we'll also talk about fear foods and how to address those so that you can get to a more neutral place with them. We'll talk about body image healing and some tools to get you to a better place with your body. Uh, we'll also talk about relationship to exercise and movement, um, as well as how to honor your health without dieting. So the great thing about this group coaching program is, first of all, it's only a few week commitment, right? It's three weeks. Um, and then you'll get recordings of the sessions in case anything does pop up and you're not able to be, be live there. But finally, you're able to connect with other people who are in a similar spot on this journey or are just on this journey in general. You're able to kind of get that validation for what you're experiencing and hear others who have went through the same thing. Um, so that is super powerful healing work. Um, and if you're interested in joining this group, um, like I said, it's starting October 16th, so it's right around the corner. It's $90 for all three sessions, and I have a code that you can use. It's 10 off, so like the number 10 off, and it'll give you $10 off. So you can get it for 80 bucks, all three sessions. Um, so same way to register for that, go to the link in my bio on Instagram, and you will be able to register. All right, guys, that's all I have for you. So let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Amanda. All right, Amanda, we're good to go. I am super excited to chat with you today. Um, I'm hoping you can just like share some insight into the work that you're doing with your clients. Um, so let's start by just like having you introduce yourself and what, what work you do and maybe a little bit about like how you got into this work. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I love your show and I've listened to a lot of the interviews that you've done with colleagues and other people that I've discovered through listening to your show. So it's really an honor to be chatting with you today. So I started my Instagram, which is where I tend to connect with a lot of dietitians like yourself. Mm -hmm. I think it was back in 2017. And at the time, my handle was spilling the beans underscore nutrition. And it wasn't until recently that I rebranded and changed it to new grad nutrition to more accurate accurately capture the audience that I tend to work with. So I, like you, practice under a health at every size, weight inclusive, intuitive eating lens, which as you know, isn't really what we were taught in school to become dietitians. So it's been a bit of a pivot and a learning experience since becoming a dietitian back in 2016. But I tend to work with mostly females in my private practice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I've seen in the last couple of years since starting my private practice is a lot of women after entering the working world have a lot of a hard a hard time with trying to figure out, you know, how am I planning meals? A lot of times what I see is if they have a history of dieting or disordered eating, sometimes that can become triggered after they graduate. So they might find that if they were really into their grades or their extracurriculars and things like that in college, now once they don't have anything to measure their worth, allegedly, I'm saying that in quotations, you can't see, but because I don't think your grades should measure your worth either. A lot of times people will turn to things like obsessive dieting or exercise. And so 
what I try to do with women is to help educate them not only on nutrition, so they have that information, but how to approach nutrition and eating in a way that's sustainable and also not inducing more fear into their lives. That is so interesting. Like, I feel like it's, you know, such a, um, a unique population. And I, I feel like I certainly have like some people, you know, that kind of fit in that category um, in the work that I do. But it, it's an interesting way that you're looking at it, like an interesting way that you're approaching the, the problem. Um, and it's like, it's so true that like this, you know, stuff around food, these struggles we have around food is so often like rooted in deeper stuff, right? So like, it's, I could see, right, like how it can be transferred from having one thing like school measuring, you know, your worth and then transferring that to like eating perfectly and kind of checking off all the boxes there. Um, so that, that makes so much sense. So yeah. And I'm also curious too, Amanda, like how you specifically found intuitive eating and health at every size. Oh yeah. That's, I always love hearing uh, about how everyone finds intuitive eating themselves <laughs> because like I said, that's certainly not what I was taught in school. So when I, I went to undergrad for dietetics at South Dakota State University, which is my home state. And then I had never heard of intuitive eating or health at every size or more of a weight norm or weight a neutral approach rather in undergrad. But when I did my dietetic internship at Illinois State University, I did a combined program where I completed my master's degree and also my uh, practice hours in a two-year period. And I first was just vaguely introduced to it in one of my classes. One of my, my classmates, who's now one of my friends, her name's Gina, she did a project on researching intuitive eating. The interesting thing was for this class project, we had to, inter- we had to research what was kind of a fad diet at the time. So or, or any kind of diet, I guess. When I did my project, I was looking into plant-based diets. It was something I was really interested in at the time. Um, some of my classmates were looking into keto diets because they were just starting to grow in popularity around that time. And other classmates were looking into intermittent fasting. And so it's interesting because you and I know that intuitive eating is not a diet. It's actually the (laughs) anti-diet. And so it was really telling in that I first learned about it under this uh, umbrella of fad diets. And so that was when I first heard about it. And I really didn't look too far into it after that. I remember my friend telling me that I should look into it, that it's really interesting because I would often tell her once we became friends about some of my own issues around food. Um, And so I guess eventually when I did finally pick up the book and read it was not until after I graduated, but that was probably the first time I had ever heard of the concept. That's interesting. And I definitely have the same experience of like, not, I I never heard a peep about intuitive eating in my entire time as a student. And, you know, I have my master's in nutrition as well. So um, it kind of came to me after that. So that's super interesting. I also think it's interesting um, that you mentioned like how you learned about intuitive eating under the umbrella of like diets and stuff. And I think that that's often, not all the time, but like many times people kind of come to intuitive eating 
as it's like, it's just like another thing. Like it's another diet mm-hmm. or it's the latest diet. And it's like another thing to try. And it is so interesting because it's like you mentioned, it's like, it's really healing from all of those other things. It's healing from all of those like rigid rules and like those external rules um, for basing, you know, your eating on. Um, so I think, I feel like when people come to it, they're like, okay, this is what this is. And then as they dig deeper in, it's like, oh my gosh, there's, um, there's so much here. And this is so different from, you know, how I've approached my eating in the past. Yeah, exactly. And Another trend I notice with dietitians too is they'll start to really dive into intuitive eating more, but they get to it upon first embracing more of the mindful eating approach. So when I started to look into intuitive eating more seriously, prior to that, in my first year as a dietitian, I was becoming more interested in mindful eating. I'd given a couple presentations to the community about it. And then I started hearing more about intuitive eating. Certainly, I think a couple of accounts that I was following at the time on Instagram were um, Robin Noling and also uh, Kylie Mitchell. And they both talked about intuitive eating. And those were two accounts where I started growing in my knowledge of what that actually meant. Because before I think I had heard intuitive eating when my classmate presented on it. And I heard the idea of giving up all your food rules and having unconditional permission to eat. And I think that terrified me at the time and I wasn't ready for it because I, like a lot of people just thought I was going to be out of control around food. And it just seemed so counter to what we were taught in school that I just wasn't ready to embrace it until learning about it once I was in my career. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's so common for everyone. It's like, you know, the fear around trusting our bodies is what kind of like is, you know, part of the fuel for, um, diet culture and like staying trapped in dieting. It's like, how could I possibly trust my body to like, tell me how, you know, what it needs or what to eat or or what it's asking for. Um, so I feel like that kind of keeps us trapped. And it oftentimes, like, I feel like the making peace with food principle is one that like scares people off of it. And it's like, Oh, I don't know about that one. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. interesting. So I want to, um, ask you about a couple of your posts that you've made recently, kind of um, you know, to kind of with the, the mindset of new grads in mind. So one of the posts was, um, basically once you start paying for your own food, you realize mom was right. We really do have food at home. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) super funny. Um, I love that. Just like the way that we transition thinking about, you know, eating and finances when we're the one responsible for paying for it. Um, but I'm curious, like how, how would you suggest or like, what are your thoughts on balancing intuitive eating with finances in mind, which might be something that, you know, your clients are, are concerned about? Cause I feel like that's something that people struggle with. It's like, um, you know, I can't always necessarily go out and have the thing, exactly the thing that I want. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's something that's so important to consider because you know, when we're giving our messages online, we often talk about breaking it down um, into like, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full and eat what sounds good. And that all sounds really amazing. And I agree with that, but there are certain barriers that don't always allow us to, for example, eat whatever sounds good. 
So I think it's important to address that because, you know, in the real world, a lot of us do have budgets. So especially if you have graduated from college, I'm often working with clients who do have a food budget and it's not exactly feasible for them to just go out and get ice cream every time it sounds good to them. Um, So, you know, we work that into our approach as well. So we might do some different food challenges so that you're having more planned exposure to food. Um, And then also realizing that it's okay to also consider some limitations to intuitive eating, uh, such as, you know, not being able to just have everything at the exact moment. It sounds good. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's so important to see. I mean, even also that like intuitive eating again, like isn't, isn't black and white. Right. So like, yes, maybe in an ideal intuitive eating world, like you, every single time you wanted something, you could have it, but that's also not really the goal. I feel like, um, the closer we can get to not having rules be the thing that's like inhibiting us from honoring our cravings. Like that's, that's kind of, you know, kind of the goal. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, not necessarily that every single time I want ice cream, I'm going to have it within 20 minutes. Right. Like, but it's that there's not this rule of like, Oh, well, should I, or shouldn't I, or, you know, um, you know, should I, just sit here and think about the ice cream in the freezer or should I not have it? Um, but like, so just like having the permission that like, yes, I can have it. And also, um, maybe I'll work in it and it in like later this week when it makes sense or, um, you know, whatever kind of, but having that mindset of like permission from that, I don't know, from that lens, I feel like that that's a really helpful shift. And also like acknowledging that like, doing intuitive eating right isn't like every single time eating the thing that sounds good, you know? Yeah. And I was going to say, that's a lot of what we talk about in sessions with my clients is really just changing that mindset and knowing that you have permission. So, you know, for example, a lot of times people crave certain things um, because they haven't allowed themselves to have it before. And then when you actually work on that mindset, it's not that you won't ever crave those things before, because like, for example, I love salt and vinegar chips and I know I have permission to eat them and I still might crave them every once in a while, but it's not like this urgent need to have it because it's going to be gone. So working on that mindset, I think is so important to um, helping become more of an intuitive eater. I love that. That's such a good point that like when you kind of you know, work on when you do this work, you, the need and the urgency for getting your cravings met, you know, diminishes compared to when you're kind of in that chaotic eating place. So like that alone makes it easier to be like, oh yeah, like I'll get salt and vinegar chips like really soon when I, when it makes sense too. And it's not like an obsession for most, for most of the, um, the time, it's not like an obsession around waiting until you can have it because you know that it's allowed and you know that you'll you will get it when, when it's available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So the other post I wanted to ask you about is something that I think, I mean, I think it affects most people or many people who come to the intuitive eating um, space, but certainly new grads, I can see that population in particular. Um, So the post is basically, it was like a side by side, like um, mindset uh, shift 
of on one side, it's like, why can't my body go back to its high school weight? And then on the other side, it's like, why can't I allow my body to change over time? Um, so I'm just interested to hear, you know, your thoughts on that idea in general and like how it pertains to your, that population you're working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of what I hear from people, and I remember even hearing about this growing up, um, the reason I actually thought of that post was it was supposed to be my 10 year class reunion this summer. And I didn't end up going just with COVID and everything and living a few States from my home state now. But I was thinking about how you often hear about people saying like, Oh my goodness, I need to lose weight uh, to go back to my class reunion. Like, what are people going to be thinking of me? And maybe flipping through your old yearbook. And I don't know if the right word would be mourning what your body looked like back then or um, thinking about that. But really, I think it's so important to remind ourselves, especially as women, which is primarily who I work with, that our bodies are 100% allowed to change as we go through life. you know, for example, as women, if something that you choose to do is grow a family and have children, your body is not going to be the same as it was when you were 15 years old. Right. And, and, and nor should it be because you are now a grown woman. Um, <laughs> not to mention, you know, if I think back to when I was in high school, that was back when I was really pretty insecure in my own body. And really insecure in my own self and just um, quite a bit of a perfectionist and a lot of my own self-worth relied on what my body looked like and how thin I was. And now I remind myself, you know, I'm a lot happier now without having so much uh, attachment to my body size. So that brings about freedom too. So that's something, you know, it definitely takes a lot of work. I, this is, it's, body image work, as you maybe could agree, is some of the most challenging work that we do with clients. Uh, So it's something that I like to make sure that I'm putting out there just as a reminder, as permission for people that it's okay for your body to change over time. Yeah, I love that. And uh, yeah, definitely agree that this is like for, again, not everyone, but for many people, it's kind of the core of why they ever you know, got involved in disordered eating or, you know, on any, in any way. So like, it's like, okay, we can like strip away the disordered eating behaviors and and get you to a place where you're, um, you know, have a healthy relationship to food. But then beneath that is all the fears that arise around your body. And I, I think it was Shira Rose who, um, made a post on Instagram basically about how we're kind of as a whole, sometimes approaching the body image stuff, like, as too much of an individual problem when really it's this like systemic cultural problem. And it's like, so to sit down and expect people to be able to completely shift how they feel about their bodies is it's just, it's not always, it's not always straightforward. It's not always linear. And it's, it's not really directly coming from with, it's not solely coming from within them, I guess I would say like, it's, it's kind of this, um, I don't know. It's kind of the water we swim in. So like, but we can do this individual work to, you know, build self-esteem and build self-worth and get to a better place with our body. Um, but the fact that we are living in this particular environment, like it's, that is not something that we individually can control. So I think that's just, that can kind of release, I feel like some of the shame people have around like Mm -hmm. not being able to like 
perfectly do body image work or like, I don't know, some of the expectations around body image work. But I just, I love that post. Um, and I love that idea of like, just challenging that idea that like, people should get back to their high school weight. Um, because I feel like it is such a common thought that people have. It's like, oh, well, if my body looks like that at one point, then it should be able to look like that again. And, and also, I think also people have like associations with how they felt at that time. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I felt really good and healthy in my body at that time. So therefore I, in order to feel that way again, I need to get back down to that size. Mm -hmm. Um, so just acknowledging that like actually bodies changing over the lifespan is like the single most normal thing (laughs) that your body Mm -hmm. could do, um, is such a, like an important perspective shift. Yeah. And I like what you said, um, you know, circling back to what you said about our environment and some posts that Shira Rose has had. I love her, by the way. Yeah, she always has such great insight, um, has and has been an inspiration for me. But you know, even just thinking about the current climate, as far as with talking about you know being more self isolated in quarantine the last few months, you know, a lot of what I've seen online has talked about even just on like funny meme pages that I follow um, and send funny memes to my friends. I've seen so much diet culture on there as far as being fearful about gaining weight. You know, they have a name for it um, where you're gaining weight in quarantine yeah. um, and, you know, poking fun at it. And, and really, I mean, there's a lot of harm that goes beyond that, you know, as far as the fat phobia behind it all. But, um, you know, constantly seeing those types of messages is also difficult. So something I often recommend for people is to clean up something like your social media feed. Maybe maybe you can't immediately change your work environment if people are talking about diets at work or if, you know, that's going on as far as conversations within your family. But one thing you definitely do have control over is cleaning up your Instagram feed, you know, unfollowing different accounts on Twitter to help have more of a positive environment, at least when you are scrolling on your phone. Totally. And this is like a whole different can of worms, but, um, you know, we do as a whole spend a lot of time on social media and on our phones. So like being able to control the media that you're consuming there, you know, does Mm -hmm. make a pretty substantial impact. Um, yeah. So I love that recommendation. Uh, so Amanda, I would love for you to just like speak to um, whoever this episode kind of resonated with, whoever is kind of listening and being like, yeah, that's me. These are my issues. Like, what is your best advice for them to, you know, I don't know, get to a better place with food in their body at this particular part of their journey? Yeah, well, I think especially if those who are listening identify themselves as new grads. And really there's no definition for a new grad. You could have graduated yesterday or you could have graduated a few years ago and still identify as a new grad. Um, But if you put yourself in that category, I think it's really important to have some grace with yourself. Uh, A part of the reason that I started shifting to more of this messaging is because I personally can relate to the struggles of 
graduating from college and then trying to navigate the real world. And especially with the backdrop of social media where there's a lot of FOMO or fear of missing out. And it seems like everyone has their life together and everyone, you know, is doing so well in their career and with cooking perfect meals and exercising in their um, soul cycle classes, it can make you have a lot of shame about yourself. So really one of the goals of my account is to help people navigate that kind of gray area. You know, there just isn't a lot of discussion about when you are graduating and going into your first job. We talk a lot about that transition from high school into college or maybe even that transition into motherhood, but I feel like this population gets left out a lot. So just, again, realizing you're not alone trying to surround yourself with those positive accounts that are promoting food freedom and intuitive eating. Um, I think that can make a huge difference in your life. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. I think that's <laughs> totally so true that this population is just like, for some reason, like just gets blended out. So mm -hmm. I think it's so cool that you're, you're doing this work. Um, can you share with people where they can find you online and also just like any offerings that you have? Yeah. So primarily I hang out on Instagram. I will admit I haven't been as active lately. Um, I go through these weird phases where social media just isn't super uh, appealing to me or um, if there's a lot of negativity on there, um, I can just take a little bit of a break, which oh I feel God, is negative, So I try to embrace it. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyways, you can find me on there at new.grad.nutrition. Um, that's where I'm primarily at. You can also check out my website and that's under my business name, which is spillingthebeansnutrition.com. I'm also on Facebook too, but that's basically just the same posts that are coming from my Instagram. I also offer virtual one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, um, which can revolve around you know, trying to figure out how to embrace intuitive eating. Oftentimes clients will read the intuitive eating book in between our sessions, which is really nice and complimentary to our work together. I also have a course, which is specifically on making that transition from college to the real world, as I like to call it. And that's going to go through as far as nutrition. There's a module on body image. There's a module on intuitive eating. I also talk a little bit about health at every size and giving you a bit of an introduction to that paradigm. So those are the main places that you can presently find me. Awesome. And you, for your virtual sessions, do you see people all over the place? I do. Yeah. Um, so I tend to practice where I'm able to have reciprocity as far as where my licensing goes, but because it is coaching, um, depending on the client, I am able to take them. And I tend to see clients more in the evenings because I, my private practice is actually only part-time. I'm working school nutrition, the rest of my time for 40 hours a week. And so I typically will limit that to the evenings or the weekends. And that tends to work for a lot of people because like me, they're also working during. Yeah. I was going to say that <laughs> that's ideal for people. Um, yep. All right. Awesome. Amanda. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 67. If you want to hear more from Amanda, check out her Instagram page, new.grad.nutrition.
she used to be under the handle Spilling the Beans Nutrition. So you may remember her from that. Um, and then you can also check out her website, which is still under SpillingTheBeansNutrition.com. And Amanda does work with people one-on-one. -on -one, so if you're in this population and what she was talking about resonated with you, definitely feel free to reach out to her. Um, yeah. And if you're interested in joining uh, my monthly webinar or my three-week mini group coaching program, they're both starting on October 16th. Um, so you can click the link in my bio on Instagram to get registered. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.